All right. All right. Listen, let, let me make my introduction. Hello to everybody, to all of our uh, millions of listeners across this world. That's right. uh, this is the Real Wheel Radio Show and Late Bloomers University. I'm your chancellor, your brother from another mother. I believe I'm the poster child for Late Bloomers. I am just excited about it. It's not when you bloom, it's if you bloom. And some of us, life didn't bloom, bang, and take off for us early on in life. And we find ourselves getting busy doing it, being about the business excited and living the second half of our life uh, with so much enthusiasm. And that's what this is about, inspiring people uh, in that era, in that place, in space and life. And uh, so I'm just super excited to introduce to you all tonight, uh, singer-songwriter, uh, par excellence, uh, songstress from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the voice is the voice that somebody said smoother than wine, rich like butter, it goes down like honey. God, that is that is so cool. Oh, <laughs> that is so gosh. cool. Good evening. How you doing tonight? I am doing I'm doing really well. I really am. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time uh to, to just share uh with me on this on our little old podcast. So thank you so much. Uh, but I really wanted to get you on because it's just it's just my heart's desire to connect people in real time with people who have done and doing things uh, to try to inspire or as best we can, as best I can, try to inspire people uh, who seem to be around middle age and whichever they seem to buy into this thing of now's the time to sit down, settle and sulk, accept life the way it is and just ride the wave until it's time to check out. But then there's another there's another nation of folks who aren't thinking about no age and what everybody else said, they're just going for it. Right, and, right. Uh, and th- those are the people I want to reach and inspire in. And I just believe you to be one of those persons. Uh, I'm 55, I don't know how old you are, Terry. I'm 55, but I'm, I'm just so excited about life Yes. And um, I believe we ought to live with an urgency uh, every day and do the best we can with what we have while we're still yet here. Absolutely. And so, again, I just want to thank you uh, for, for being able to, uh, for, for coming on and sharing. This is Terry Tobin. Is, is your name pronounced Tobin? Yes, yes. It is Tobin. Okay, all right. Yes, and, and I, just, I just want you to know, I just turned 50 uh, last week. And... Okay. So thank you. And so to your point, you know, a lot of folks, you know, might say, well, you know, it's time for you to sit down somewhere, you know, but um, and and truth be told, a lot of people that I went to school with, you know, of course, I'm connected on social media and a lot of them are like grandparents and and I applaud them, but I am not one. <laughs> so I'm I'm a gra- I'm a granddaddy. Listen, oh, but my thing is, even if you are one, <laughs> right. even if you are one, that doesn't mean you have to sit down somewhere. That means Mm-mm. you know you still have you know we don't know how many more summers we got left, but at Correct. least but at least you know enjoy it for the time that you do have. You know the old fifty is not what the new fifty is. No, you know back in the day fifty did seem old and. You know, to me, I thought 50 just meant, you know, you'd be getting ready for a nursing home and, you know, all, 
all of that but that's not that's not who we are today and because my my grandmother just turned 95 last and i've i you know i've seen <laughs> the stuff that you can do between 50 and 95 i'm like wait a minute you know I got, I got some more, I got some more in me. So. A whole lot of work to do. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, so many more miles, man, and uh, it it seems like you are, uh, uh, you're you're banging and booming, and and I just gotta admit, I didn't, I didn't find out about. T- I was introduced uh, t- to you, or, or about you, my cousin, uh, um, Arkesha Cherry. She said. Yes. You don't know who Terry is? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she she's right here in um Arizona with us. She says, Man, you gotta you gotta get connected with her. I'm like, hey, listen, make the make the introduction because yes. I I am so in a space whereby um I believe my friends win. I've always believed that. My motto is my friends win in any platform that I have. I've just, I've always been that way. I want to uh, share with my friends on whatever platform I, I'm on uh, to help other people, connect other people. Because I think it's people that, you know, when you're around better people, it makes you better. Is that right? Absolutely. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. It inspires you more. It, you know, it makes you believe that it's possible for you when you're connected with people who are doing it and have done it. And that's another reason why uh, I wanted to have you on because uh, maybe not everybody's a singer, but there, but you have what I consider to be a gift and a talent and some type of way you tapped into that. Now, evidently, because I think with creatives, gifted and talented people, this just didn't start. So let me, let me, this just didn't happen right now. Right, so let, right. <laughs> let me ask my question I always ask everybody when did you know Terry was different than everybody else? And Ooh. this question, <laughs> when did you become okay with wow. Terry, Terry? That's a really, that's a really good question. <clears throat> um, wow. So, I don't think I knew <laughs> that I was different, like uh, even growing up. To me, I thought everybody went around singing all day long. <laughs> I thought, I thought everybody sang all the commercials and all the theme songs from TV shows. Like I thought everybody did that, right. you know. Right. And so, uh, apparently, my family knew that <laughs> everybody wasn't doing that. Right. And to the point where like my grandmother would be like, we'd be on road trips and she's like, do you ever get tired of singing? No, I I, I don't. I, I just love it. You know, at the time, I never really considered the idea that I could have a career doing it. I just okay. knew that I just knew that I loved it. Um, but I will say that, like I said, my family knew somehow even my my grandmother, I mean, sorry, my grandfather's, uh, well, one of my grandfather's wives, I'll leave that alone. Gotcha. She, um, she knew when I was a baby, literally to the point, had me in front of her church singing at six months. Now, I don't know why or how I, <laughs> what I could have said or sang at that time, but she believed, she believed I was going to be a singer, you know? Um, the thing about she and I, you know, Mom Myrtle and I had the same birthday. Um, 
some of my early <laughs> my early costumes I'll say she made them for me my early capes because you know I was born a queen okay. and oh, I see so, so she you know she handmade them and just believed that that's what I was gonna be and even my my godmother who she has passed on as well okay um she just I don't know I think everybody just kind of knew and I don't know if it was because I was so I was singing all the time and I just didn't stop you know and then it got to a point where apparently and I didn't know this until last year that you know back in the day you know when kids would would do Easter speeches uh-huh. um you know everybody in the family had to do it there was it wasn't like it was an option right Every, everybody had to do it and apparently I went to my mom and told her I didn't want to do an Easter speech I wanted to sing and I was like wait 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 so I said that like I really thought it was just something that my mother heard me and she was yeah. like okay you're gonna get up here and sing from the church no she said that I decided that day that that's what I wanted to do and so she started helping me learn songs and stuff and that was literally the beginning um so somehow and I think she said I was about three or four at that time so I guess in my youthful wisdom, <laughs> I knew that this was what I wanted to do. And um, so you fast forward to like adolescence, mm-hmm. you know, every choir and every, you know, opportunity locally, you know, I, I aspired to to be a part of it. And then somehow my I think my godmother heard a, um, about an audition that was happening in L.A., Okay. Um, I was growing there, growing up there at the time, and she heard about an audition for a kids' version of Children. No, a kids' version of USA for Africa. Okay. And the name of the group was called Children of the World, and so they decided this this DJ out there decided that We Are the World should be sung by children. Okay. So they auditioned, I think, five thousand kids. Fifty of us were selected. Wow. And so going back to your question about when did I know and when was I okay with it? The irony is I remember auditioning. I remember going in and just doing, doing my best. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the reaction of the judges, mind you, I think this was like a group of people that I'm seeing their reaction and they're not, they're not in my church. They're not family members. They're not, you know, you know, they're not on my payroll. (laughs) Right. They don't owe you. Right. Exactly. They their response to my performance, I was just shocked. I was like, really? I, you know, couldn't believe that. And then when I was selected, um, it really kind of blew my mind that um that I had whatever they saw something, you know, for me to participate in this group. And the group ended up we ended up touring and doing different stuff uh locally and that was how I had my first opportunity to fly overseas wow. when we went to Jordan. Okay. Sang, sang for the king and queen over there and wow yeah so I've had some really amazing experiences just early on so anyway I, that particular experience um, springboarded me to be able to sing background for Jeffrey Osborne mm. and um, and the rock group we, yes and so those are my two first really? um, first exper- well the first three experiences I had in like a real recording studio with okay. real, you know, real producers. And yep. as far as Jeffrey Osborne was concerned, the irony for me was I was one of those kids 
that when I was bored, because I was an only child at the time, I just listened to music. I would listen to albums with either with my headphones on and read the liner notes and see who who produced it, who wrote it, who the background singers were, who the engineers were. And so for me to be able to go to Lionshare Studio and work with Jeffrey Osborne and work with an engineer whose name I saw on the liner note, that was the highlight for me. Of course, I love Jeffrey Osborne, but it was like, yeah. it was like a full circle moment for me. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't until adulthood that I recognized that my very first professional experience um, with Children of the World was at the helm of the late great uh, George Duke. Wow. Um, he oh. produced he produced our single that we did for Children of the World, and I, you know, I was we were rubbing elbows with all these other kids celebrities like Rashawn Patterson and Kim Fields, and Italy. you know the list yeah the list just goes okay. on okay. and um and I had no idea <laughs> that I was I had the opportunity to work with such a legendary producer so early on in my life and um so anyway I've I've I had those experiences and when I did my first you know the thing with Jeffrey that was my first check because everything else was charity but with Jeffrey right. it was a, it was my first check and then I was like oh yeah I think this is what I want to do yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I could get paid doing this you know so um that's kind of what started it that's kind of where I kind of was bitten and decided just to keep going yeah and you've done such an amazing that is so beautiful I read where it said that you shared the stage with uh, Luther and Patty Yes. Some point, and uh, how was does that experience? Well, you know, it's really wild to me because, like I said, sometimes I forget that I had those experiences, um, and and it's not like um, it's not it's not from a place of like oh that's just you know like it's not a big deal because it absolutely was and is yeah. um, at that time that was I was attending Howard University at the time and. I was in the, the corral and we sang for President Clinton's inaugural um, uh, inaugural celebration that he had on the mall. Okay. And so my first glimpse of Luther was backstage in the green, green room when we were, um, you know, everybody was warming up and practicing their parts and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm literally, I can, like, even now, I can close my eyes and visualize what it was like to be in that green room, to see all the people that were in there that were prepping for this, these big moments. And, you know, it was Luther, it was Shy, it was Mary Chapin Carpenter, it was like all these, uh, John Cicada, like all these artists that, of course, I'd seen either on MTV or yeah. wherever. Right. Or in Luther's case, Luther and I have been singing duets for years. Like, really? he, he didn't know it, but... <laughs> when I was little, that's what I did. I played his music and I sang all the harmony parts to all his songs as if we were doing uh, duets. So, um, so again, another full circle moment that I never would have, you know, imagined, you know, that this was my life. And with Patty, um, that was also a part of Children of the World. We performed at the Greek Theater. And it was, um, you know, it was just like this festival, I guess they did, and it was a lot of artists performed. And the closing, the closing number, I believe was We Are The World Again. 
And so they had us all come back on stage. And again, I can close my eyes and visualize all the people that were within reach. And it was Janet Jackson, Arsenio Hall, like, you name it. And they were, and as a kid, you just, of course, you're just in awe. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but I will say this, like you were talking about, you know, you'd like to be in a place to be able to give people hope and and, um, have people have something to hold on to in terms of whatever their own individual aspirations are. And I believe that even though maybe sometimes I may not always be able to, to grasp really how major those opportunities are, what I will say is what I think it did for me is it made me believe, okay, this is possible. Yes. Like I'm, I'm already here. I see it now. Granted, I'm, I'm, I'm not on the same level as them yet, but I'm here. And obviously, there's, there's something you know in this for me. You know what I mean? So yes, it gave me, it gave me the sense that that's where I belonged. You know, um, now that's not to say though that along the way I, I didn't have a lot of insecurities and you know all those different things because you know this business is the business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for many many years um if they really only listened to you if you looked a certain way okay and so after a while that you know that kind of that kind of works on you a little bit and kind of you know kicks you down a couple pegs a little bit because you're thinking oh man like maybe they'll listen to me this time you know that type of thing but Anyway, I, I do believe that those are uh, those are opportunities that presented uh, me with with kind of like a mirror, like okay, yes, this is possible for you. Um, and then you know, people wouldn't think that this would be <laughs> as um, significant, but you know, again, when I was at Howard, I I uh, worked at a restaurant in in D.C., which was right down the street from the White House, so it was the who's who of D.C. and and B. Okay. Uh-oh. Hello, can you hear me? I apologize. Go ahead, keep going. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Keep going. You good? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? 